2: This premier hockey podcast, featured on AllHabs.net, brings you the latest news, in depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. With your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind the scenes insight on the Canadiens
0: hello there everyone and welcome to the canadians connection podcast here on rocket sports radio keeping you informed engaged and entertained my name is joseph whalen and i'm going to be your host for the next hour this is episode 135 of the canadians connection podcast and i'm pleased to be joined in studio by my co-host the editor-in-chief the founder the president of rocket sports media mr rick stevens rick how are you doing today my friend
1: I'm doing great, and uh, we're all warmed up, ready to go. We had a great pre-show. Yeah. Um, talked about a thousand different things, and almost forgot to re- press the record button to get yeah. going here. Yeah, it's I think those are always
0: sometimes. the best. That's the. I think those are always the best pre-shows. We make sure that we're right, ready to go, uh-huh. all fired up, talk about the things that we want to talk about, and then we, we sort of know where we're going to go with the rest of the show.
1: And we come blazing out of the gate. We have a great yeah. start. Um, unlike okay, we'll get to that. A little yeah, bit. We'll, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that that's, a little bit later. Yeah,
0: that's 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 a good tea. Yeah, that's a good tee up for the for the the second segment. We're going to be talking about how the Canadians have been starting games as of late. Uh, so that's going to be coming in the second segment. In the third segment, Rick, uh, we are going to be uh, answer. We have a question of the week, which a good is one. Uh, simply. Yeah, it's a very good one. It's simply what does your postseason lineup look like? If you are the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens putting together the lineup for a Canadiens postseason, what does your lineup look like? And we also have an interesting conversation between yourself and Amy Johnson that's coming up on Fantasy Sports in the third segment. We're going to get to that a little bit later on. In the show, but first, Rick. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, oh, boy! Uh, it's winding down on the season in the NHL. We're coming at you know the tail end of this season. Canadians are sort of limping to the playoffs, or limping to the, the end of the season. <laughs> Whether or not they make the playoffs remains to be seen, but. Regardless, Rick, it's that way in the NBA as well, and uh, you know the Toronto Raptors this year—they've been playing their basketball down in Tampa Bay. And there was an interesting story yesterday uh, from from Josh Lewenberg of, of TSN talking about how they have been just looking forward to May 17th because that is the end of the season for the Raptors, where they can get out of Tampa Bay and they're just they, they can cut their ties, they can leave, and hopefully. <laughs> hopefully get back to playing basketball in Toronto. So that's how season, the Raptors yeah. are approaching the end of this season. But this is all to say, Rick, that basketball season, it won't be around forever. There's mm-hmm. only 5 games left for the Toronto Raptors. It's it's very close to the end. So get in on all of the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN uh, during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. You just pick your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition.
1: Feel the sweat like... Never before, every dunk, every steal, every assist means so much more with a DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup.
0: Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all of the Daily Fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain.
1: But DraftKings um, payday comes every day for players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app, the DraftKings app, right now.
0: Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get in on a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. THPN
1: so yes, is that promo code, uh, the Hockey Podcast Network, and we're a proud affiliate of that. And we're going to be talking about DraftKings Daily Fantasy Lineup Sportsbook, a whole lot more in the third segment as we I uh, had a chance to sit down with uh, Amy Johnson. And uh, we had a nice chat about that. Uh, and we'll present that in the third segment. But right now, what do we have?
0: Boy, Rick, we have a lot to talk about. So, so let's start with the week of play on the ice for the Montreal Canadiens. When last we spoke last week, uh-huh. the Canadiens were coming off of a Friday night win over the Winnipeg Jets, five to three, a comeback game. They looked, they looked, you know, uh, pretty good in that win. And then, so you follow that up with the Saturday night, and it was a three-two win over the Ottawa Senators. Cole Caulfield with the OT winner to complete the comeback over the Senators. So then you fast forward to the next game for the Montreal Canadiens and a similar story sort of emerged out of that one. It was the same score by the same score. They won that game three to two Suzuki, uh, Nick Suzuki and Jeff Petrie both had three points uh, in their in the Canadian second straight comeback win. And Cole Caulfield with another game winner in uh-huh. overtime so rick that is exactly where the good vibes stopped for the montreal canadians <laughs> right. three wins three consecutive wins and then they follow that up with i think what you could say are perhaps two of the the worst efforts that we've seen <laughs> that from weird? the canadians this season there i mean there's there's competition for that but i think you can safely say that this is a very inopportune time to lose games the way the canadians lost them this week. They lost 5-1 against the ottawa senators It was one-to-one after the first period then the senators scored six or excuse me four unanswered Excuse me four unanswered goals on route to a victory a 5-1 victory over the montreal canadians Then the canadians played the toronto maple leafs second night of a back-to-back and boy, oh boy, did it ever look like a second night of a back-to-back. The Canadians surrendered four goals in the first period. Alex Kelchenyuk, that guy, uh, he scored 16 seconds in to the action, and it sort of set the tone for what the night was going to be. The Canadians did get one more goal than they got against the Ottawa Senators. They lose it 5-2. to two. But yeah, uh, definitely not the uh, type of effort that you would have liked to see from the Canadians, uh, but that is... The week that was for the Montreal Canadiens. And if you would like any more comprehensive uh, uh, post-game review than, than what we just said right now, go over to allhabs.net and Rick Stevens has those post-game reviews there ready for you at allhabs.net.
1: And I try to bring out things in those uh, game recaps at uh, allhabs.net, uh, things that you may not have heard elsewhere. And certainly you heard all about uh, Cole Caulfield and his two back-to-back game winners, Um not done before in, in the NHL, and, and, and for sure, you should hear a lot about that. But in the recap, uh, and it was a win for, for the Canadians, 3-2 in overtime uh, against Toronto uh, that second game, but um, one of the things, and it was a bit of foreshadowing, I think, um, is that the Canadians, uh, I pointed out that the Canadians got one one high-danger scoring chance in 60 minutes of play. Um, yeah, that th- that should tell you that that uh, <laughs> they won that game, and all the focus was on Caulfield and should have been. however, uh, that things were not all that rosy, even when the Canadians um, won. Um, and uh, and then we saw as the week went on that it only got progressively worse. So there are things that the Canadians need to. Uh, work on getting better high quality shots uh, also uh, starting out of the gate better. And and we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about more of those things when we get to the second segment.
0: Yeah. And Rick, I mean, it's it's funny because as I hear you say that it is uh, very similar to what you said when the Canadians were getting when when they started off so great to start the season, everyone's like, well, look at this team. They are two Good, it's fun or whatever. They're too good, it's boring. That was the storyline. That was the headline. It's too good it's boring. So there was that conversation that was happening, but other, but you had presented the argument that the defense was not that great. So there's always – it's felt like even when the Canadians have been successful, there's a caveat. There's a very important thing that you need to talk about that maybe doesn't get the attention that it should. But uh, regardless, Rick, we're going to be getting into the poor starts a little bit later on, and we're going to be talking about Cole Caulfield in just a few minutes from now. But before we get there, Rick, we were talking about allhabs.net, and on allhabs.net, I have uh, written – uh, the weekly column, the Habs three stars of the week uh, weekly column that has appeared on allhabs.net every Sunday uh, this season. And Beauty. the most yep. recent edition of my three stars of the week, uh, Nick Suzuki was chosen as the first star. And uh, he was joined, He was his company was uh, Jake Evans, who was the third star, and Cole Caulfield, who was the second star. But Nick Suzuki, man, um, <laughs> he I, I wrote in the column that he is – in, in you know the early stages of his career, he looks like a player that raises his game when the stakes are at their highest. And right now, it's it's pretty important for the Montreal Canadiens to win some games. And he's got 11 points in his last eight. He had seven points during the Canadiens' three-game win streak. I mean, he's up to 38 points on the season. He's overall play for this season. You could see that after a pretty good start... There there were some games where the effort wasn't where you'd like it to be, especially in the defensive zone, a little bit lackadaisical, sometimes didn't look as interested as you would like, whether you want to call it a, you know, hitting a wall or a sophomore slump, whatever it is. There was a little bit of a drop off in his play, but he has really ramped it up for the Canadians here and it's shown on the score sheet. But just overall, you see a little bit more of that attention to detail I mean early in the season there was the comparisons between Nick Suzuki and Patrice Bergeron which were just just <laughs> not <laughs> they, they were laughable at the time but you know he's obviously got some work still to do he's a very young player in this league but he is showing you flashes right now and that you know back in the bubble there was all the conversation you remember uh, Kevin Hayes talking about him and Yaspercott Kennieami driving the bus I mean The Canadians have needed some of that this season. It's felt like Tyler Toffoli and Josh Anderson most nights are the only guys that are out there trying to will their team on. Nick Suzuki has shown up in the last eleven game or excuse me, eight games or so with those types of numbers, eleven points in eight games, and he's given you something. And the Canadians have been needing that uh, for some time now. So I had to give it to Nick Suzuki last week
1: and Nick Suzuki um has uh, as you said there was a lull in the in the middle uh yeah. and and that was uh, because teams were paying a lot, a, a lot of attention yes. to him he came out of the gates just flying and, and let's put this all into context we remember that uh Mark Bergevin was kind of keeping an eye on Nick Suzuki and at the time the PLD uh, sweepstakes uh Pierre-Luc Dubois mm-hmm. uh, sweepstakes were going on and and for a few minutes, uh, Mark Bergevin considered whether he should be in on those, and and whether Nick Suzuki going the other way would be reasonable. Um, but they they took a look at uh, how um, Nick Suzuki started, and and it, he came out with a bang um and uh as i said uh was was uh had had a fair share of punishment and attention and targeted uh yeah. in the middle but then he's come back uh, pretty strong and uh and i'm i'm going to be interested we know that uh that each week uh these these players that uh that you choose as stars of the week are accumulating points and there's that yeah. uh, that Wayland trophy that's going to be presented yep. <laughs> um and uh and I'm I'm interested to see I haven't been keeping track, but I'm interested to see uh, who's going to uh, be the the winner at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, the points are starting to tally up, and we're getting closer to the end. So we'll see once uh, once we get there, who walks away with the three stars of the season. Well, That'll that's why you want to uh,
1: check at allhabs.net this Sunday uh, because there'll be another brand new uh, three stars of the week uh, by Joseph Whalen.
0: Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see who uh, who I choose this week. It's, you know, sometimes the, the Canadians, they, gave, they give me performances early in the week that I can use uh, that, uh, you know, sort of set who I think is going to be in there for those three stars. It is yet to be determined given the performances yeah. that we've seen this season, So or excuse me, this week. So uh, that'll be very interesting to see if tonight changes that at all. But uh, Rick, we should say we should get to some roster news here because... Uh, the Canadians have now got a little bit of a laundry list in terms of guys who are out of the lineup at the moment. Uh, And it expanded this week uh, because Philip Deneau left that game against the Maple Leafs uh, a little bit early. So it's up to Paul Byron, Philip Deneau, Brendan Gallagher, Shea Weber, and Carey Price. So, uh, yeah, quite a few names there. (laughs) (laughs) So many names
1: that the Canadians felt it was necessary to put out a medical update. That came out on Friday uh and and they just went through each one and we'll do the same paul byron uh lower body injury considered uh day to day so uh we're expecting well uh we'll we'll see once playoffs start if if uh he's back but he's expected we don't know what kind of injury that uh philip denot sustained uh in that game he uh he was having a rough game he was a minus three in the first yeah. period and and uh uh, apparently has suffered an upper body injury. We don't know the extent of it. He's going to miss tonight's game, um, uh, that Saturday night's game against the Leafs, um, and considered day to day. Brandon Gallagher. Uh, we've seen the the uh, pictures of him uh, 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 training uh, at Broussard. He's on the ice. Uh, and is considered to be on target. They said he was going to miss uh, six weeks, and uh, that would bring him back um, for the playoffs, uh, hopefully for the beginning of the playoffs. Shea Weber, day-to-day with upper body. Uh, Carey Price uh, suffered a concussion, and um, we know that. And um, he's he's day-to-day as well. We saw some pretty uh pretty good puck skills hand yeah. skills um he was without the pads he 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 practiced in the pads uh yesterday but uh before that i think it was i don't remember what day it was but just in a helmet and a yeah. and a, a player stick a forward stick uh and some nice moves and, and hands i tell you
0: yeah, I think it was Thursday. I'm pretty sure it was Thursday yeah. that 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 came out. Yeah, he was working on his one timers, everything. He was getting that working <laughs> uh,
1: stick between the legs goals and uh, and pick the puck up, wrap around top it it, drop it yeah. in the top. Uh, it, it was it was pretty impressive. Uh, but we ex- able, we know. expect he'll be back for the uh, the playoffs.
0: Might be able to do the between the legs move better than Thomas Tatar. Is it too soon for that? Is it too soon for that joke? Uh, probably too soon. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Thomas Tatar, he has returned to the lineup, Rick. So with all those names that we just talked about who were out of the lineup, the Canadians did get Thomas Tatar back, which that, that's a pretty that's big name to get back in. Yeah, exactly. Good news there.
1: Good news there. Uh, Thomas Tatar back and uh, and and part of uh, what. W- what is considered for the Canadians mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the top line with Tatar Gallagher and and Deneau. um all three of them uh, you know had uh, have some sorts of injuries but Tatar uh, back for now in the lineup uh, and played on Thursday.
0: Yeah, so that's good news on that front. And uh, Rick, I think the good news story overall for the Canadians this week. Was Cole Caulfield, and he scored his first three goals in the NHL this week. The first two of which were the OT winners against Ottawa and Toronto, and then he scored one of the Canadiens' goals against the Leafs off of a very nice pass from Corey Perry mm-hmm. in that game against the Leafs on Thursday. Um, but Rick, I think the one thing that you always wonder with a guy scoring his first goal, what are the emotions like? What were the what what was he feeling in that moment? And I think that we're gonna play a clip of him describing that first goal
1: um it was a pretty quick regroup in the neutral zone and um Jeff got in the zone pretty quick and um I was just skating as fast as I could back door and um yelled for it and he put it right on my stick so um it was a big goal for us and uh it was one of the best of my life <laughs> I don't know it's all it's all kind of went pretty fast um been a lot of trips a lot of people that have pushed me to get here and um obviously it's the best year of my life so far and I'm just gonna keep growing from it but a lot of great experiences along the way and I learned a lot. So. Um, it was a big year for me and just going to keep it going. One of the best goals of his life. And then uh, the last five months is uh, he describes that as one of the best years of his life. Uh, he's young. Uh, there'll be more, yeah. but, but uh, obviously he's, he's on a, a, a high end and, and uh, he's, he's uh you know, uh, uh, finding his way, and and uh, and and the Canadians, uh, particularly Petrie and Perry, have found him for uh, important goals. Um, and 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 he's showing a little bit of maturity as well. You know, uh, Caulfield has that signature uh, smile that that uh, lights up his face, but that was missing the other night against uh, uh, the Leafs. Appropriately so, because uh, it wouldn't have been appropriate for him to cel- celebrate in such a blowout. Um, he 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 was aware of the moment. He was uh, appropriate for the moment, and uh, so he's. I, I think he's uh, becoming accustomed to the NHL. Uh, his teammates are are uh, becoming accustomed to him, and we know after that. That first goal, uh, where he um, where he was with the media, and then he came back into the locker room, and there was the silent treatment; nobody said a yeah. word. Uh, so I think you know, there's there's lots more uh, for him to adjust to, but uh, he's had a good introduction so far.
0: Absolutely, and it just felt, uh, you know, that Saturday against uh, the Ottawa Senators. When he stepped on the ice it felt like it was it was his moment that he was going to score that goal And I mean, you know, you can definitely see that there are adjustments that need to be made five on five Uh, But when he got to that and there was that open ice You could just feel the benefit of having somebody that has those goal scoring instincts on the ice that was able to get to that spot where Jeff Petrie could put that pass, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was interesting this week uh, with Cole Caulfield. And yeah, you saw it there, especially and and you know, it's great to see how players handle the moments of success, but it's even more important to see how they handle the moments where the, the team isn't performing well. So that's something as well. And there's,
1: there's, there's more and, and, and certainly we'll have, uh, we'll have more to, uh, to, to say about Cole Caulfield as he goes along. And, uh, but he's, he's shown that, that he can be a finisher. Um, He'll be in, in the lineup tonight, uh, mm-hmm. with um, what 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 looks to be the, at the uh, at the morning skate was uh, Eric Stahl and Corey Perry and and certainly he has a, a pretty good uh, relationship already with Corey Perry. Corey Perry uh, collected the goal. Uh, collected the puck for his uh, his first goal and and uh, he's just in you know admiration of being uh, able to be in the same locker room as as Stahl and Perry uh, but the big story the last day uh, all day on Friday uh, was uh, in 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 from the Montreal media was the fact that for the first time in, I don't remember the the figure. Let's say a thousand years. For the first time <laughs> in a thousand years, the Montreal Canadiens would be uh, without a Quebecer in the lineup, and uh, that was considered a bit of a catastrophe. Um, and uh, you know, worse than missing the playoffs, worse than worse than anything. Uh, mm-hmm. This was the big story to be talked about uh, because Jonathan Duran, we know, out uh, indefinitely. Um and uh, and Philip Deneau, as we had talked about, uh he is uh he's not expected to play on Saturday, but Mark Bergevin and Dominic Ducharme have come to the rescue.
0: Yeah, they've come through for the, the Canadians fans because of of course they know that Canadians fans value this over, that, over anything. More than yeah, anything. more than anything. More yeah. than anything. So, Alex Belzeal.
1: <laughs> All right. Alex Belzeal. He's on the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Um, Michael Froelich will have to sit uh, because it's important to have a Quebecer in there and it will be Alex Belzeal. And and if you haven't heard much about Alex Belzeal this season, of course we saw him in the bubble, uh, uh, but uh, it's because he hasn't played a whole lot this season Anywhere, um, he played. Let me just check here. Yeah, fourteen games for uh, the Laval Rocket. Uh, he was injured a good portion of the season, uh, and of course, he spent some time on the taxi squad. Uh, but there can be no other <laughs> explanation yeah. for him being in the lineup uh, tonight uh, that we don't want to set a thousand-year record. Uh, say the um, say the, the uh, management of. Uh, and, 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 you know, uh, to put this into context, um, it's always talked about that they're not, you know, by a certain faction, that there are not enough Quebecers in the Montreal lineup. Um, and, and, we, and we won't get too deep into this, but how many skaters are there in the NHL year to year from yeah. Quebec? There are on an average 32.6 skaters who play who would be considered regulars that is play half of their games for the yeah. last 10 years the the it's been it's been steady at that number this year there are 33 Quebec skaters that means I mean based on on the number of teams that on average each team would have one mm-hmm. from Quebec yes. yeah and from time to time uh that one is through injury or or are going to be out of the lineup. So is it so unusual, uh, league-wide context, setting some context for the Canadians to n- be without one? Well, apparently it is. Uh, and so um, Alex Belziel will check in tonight.
0: Yeah, Alex Belziel to the rescue. So don't worry, it's, uh, it's going to be all right. Um, <laughs> so Rick, we'll move on. And I think this is a, a good time to have a Habs prospect report.
2: This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network.
0: So uh, the Laval Rocket this week, uh, they have clinched first in the Canadian division. So typically for a team that clinches first in their division. They'd be getting ready for a uh, long, what would you would hope to be a long run in the playoffs, but as we discussed last week, there are no playoffs. So this is the highest honor that the Laval Rocket, as a team, can accomplish this season. So well done to the Laval Rocket on that.
1: Congratulations. They will be the recipients of the Frank Mathers Trophy as mm-hmm. division champions of the Canadian division. Um, and uh, they have... Um, five, six, five or six games left. Uh, I should, mm-hmm. I, I should have checked that. Last night they played uh, against Belleville. The only time um, this season for the rest of the games they won't be playing the Marlies. They dropped a four three game. They're down four one in that game and came back. Um, and and should have tied it uh, on Lucini's hat trick goal. He got two. Uh, but if you haven't been watching in the AHL. Uh, because of, uh, of you know the 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 revenue crunch and whatnot, they don't have video replay in ah. uh, the AHL this year. And video replay clearly showed uh, Lucchini tying the game up late uh, for his third goal of the game, but uh, it was um, it was called off, and and uh, so the Rocket lost their uh, second consecutive game. That doesn't happen very often, and now they will finish out the season with. Uh, a dozen or two dozen, no, not that many, but a handful (laughs) of games against the Marlies. Um, But they've already um, uh, been crowned as uh, division champs, as we've said.
0: Yeah, so once again, congratulations to the Laval Rocket on their season. Um, Rick, unfortunately, uh, Ryan Paling, though, uh, he will have surgery and he will miss the rest of the season. Surgery on his wrist, unfortunately.
1: That's a tough injury. It's a tough injury yeah. to oh, yeah. to come back from, uh, because of the complexity of the wrist, uh, because of uh, the the rehab, and and um, it, it's. Let's hope that he's he's not affected because he's had a terrific season for um, yeah the La- Laval Rocket, almost at a point of game pace, uh, as we talked about last week, leading the Rocket in in a number of offensive categories. Um. So uh, we we wish the best for Ryan uh, Paling and and uh, and in his rehab and hope he comes back uh, strong next season.
0: Certainly hoping for a uh, speedy recovery for Ryan Paling. Uh, So Rick, that's a a bit of unfortunate news. So we'll we'll have some some happy news, some some nice news here. Uh, Team Canada they won U eighteen gold this week
1: wearing my team Canada cap today. yeah I see that um, and uh, yeah <laughs> the under18s team Canada beat Russia five to three um and uh, boy the those it, it's amazing to watch um you know Connor Bedard, uh Shane Wright uh these guys, Shane Wright a 2022 prospect uh, Connor Bedard, uh, he's 15. He's going to be yeah. a 2023 uh, prospect, um, and he was. Uh, all the talk has been about uh, who's better, uh, Bedard or 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 Michkoff, uh for the Russians. And uh, Mechkov finished the series with 12 goals, uh, the most. But my goodness, Connor Bedard was unbelievable in this series. Yeah, and uh, uh, helped. Uh, uh, the Canadians uh, win gold in that under 18 tournament. It was a, a fun tournament to watch.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And so it seems like the future is bright uh, for team Canada at the world juniors for the, for the time being with uh, Connor Bedard and and Shane Wright, who might be there to help out uh, with that as well. But Rick, uh, we should say to be uh, to, to tell our listeners to be sure to go to AHL.report and to listen and subscribe to the Press Zone Montreal uh, podcast. So, yeah, AHL.Report. Check out all the great work uh, from Chris G, from Amy Johnson covering uh, the Laval Rocket. And certainly want to listen and subscribe to the Press Zone as well with yourself, Rick, and Amy Johnson. Uh, so, uh, Rick, I think it's 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 an interesting conversation, I think, that we're about to have about the Canadians' goaltending situation. And, you know, because when you think back on on the start of the season, when you had Carey Price healthy and you had Jake Allen, people were looking at the numbers and they were saying, well, look, Jake Allen is having a great season. Carey Price, the numbers say that he's not having a great season and people wanted to see more of Jake Allen. Well, we've gotten to see more of Jake Allen as of late (laughs) and uh, the results have uh, not been quite as fruitful as earlier this season
1: no, and and I think St- uh, Stefan Waite, uh, you know, in, when he was doing his his media tour, um, he said uh, he he kind of forecast it um, and and said, uh, you know, Jake Allen is good in his role if he plays one third of the games or fewer. Uh, but he's not a starter um, and and that's that maybe it may have sounded blunt or cruel or uh, but it was honest and it was true mm-hmm. um, and we've seen that uh, that Jake Allen is has um, when when he was he's been the guy um, he's he's not able to carry you know we, we heard the 1a1b and and all that sort of thing and and if you look at um, some of the the uh, the stats, um, you know, I looked at at um, I, I to me, it's the five on five stats that that mm-hmm. are really important um, as a goaltender because you might have bad penalty killers in front of you, um, and, and which the Canadians do obviously. <laughs> um, but you look at the five on five stats and you look at them across the league for uh, goaltenders who have played twelve hundred minutes, and that that means that they're they're kind of in the starter category. Um for Carey Price if you look at simply at save percentage uh 5 on 5 um Carey Price is uh, got a 925 save percentage over the year and that's that's including everything that's including the times that that folks thought he was uh struggling uh that turns out he's ninth in the NHL in 5 on 5 save percentage for the season um uh, Allen Jake Allen is 23rd in the league um and at a 914 and that's not I'm not, I'm not criticizing Jake Allen that's about right oh. for a backup yeah. goaltender um if you look at high danger save percentage Carey Price is 7th in the league um and I should say that there's kind of if you compare Uh, Vasilevsky, uh, is first in, or second in a lot of these categories, arguably, uh, the, the, the best, you know, one of the better goalies in the, in the league right now. Um, so Carey Price is seventh in the league in high danger, uh, scoring chances. Uh, Jake Allen is 20th in, and again, about right for a, a good backup goaltender. If you look at, uh, high danger goals against, Carey price is first in the league. Uh, Vasilevsky is fourth. Um, Carey price, um, allows the fewest number of rebound attempts. He's excellent on, on controlling rebounds. He's, he's, so in all the categories that, that I think are really important, um, Carey price has had a a very good season in in all of those important categories within the top ten of all goaltenders in the league, and some of them, uh, you know, near the top of the league.
0: Yeah. So, I, look, I, I think that what you just said is very important because none of this is to, to disparage Jake Allen at all. I think what the conversation that we're about to have is 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 asking for, and what is making a point of saying, is incredibly important in professional sports. Is role definition. Role definition in professional sports is important because you can't just throw guys into these roles and expect them to succeed at a, at a level that that a guy like Carey Price, like you can't expect that of Jake Allen because if you look at the first eight starts of Jake Allen's season, he was four two and two with a nine twenty nine save percentage. Hey, that, that's great. You look at the last eight. He's four and four in his last eight starts with an 890 save percentage. So, right, like it's about role definition. And when you look at and, and what St. Louis Blues fans, right, for years were saying was that Jake Allen could show you these flashes of of excellence even for, for very, you know, for shorter periods of time that would make you want to see a little bit more of them. But when you got to see more of them, you're like, okay. Yeah, uh, I don't think that that's the starting goaltender that I want for my for my team, right? Like that's what it came down to. So everyone was looking at the numbers from last season. Last season, he was in the perfectly suited role for him. And if the Canadians were able to have Carey Price out there, he'd be in the perfectly suited role and he'd be performing as he did last season. And as you said, 914, save percentage, five on five. That's that's pretty good. You'll take that as a backup goaltender sure. for sure. Sure. though, that's a different ballpark. That's where Carey Price is. It's a different ballpark. So once you see now that role definition is important, and as you said, Stefan Waite talked about that, and as you said, he was pretty blunt. You know, Jake Allen is not a starting caliber goaltender in the NHL, but he is a very good backup goaltender. If you have him in a backup role starting at about one-third of the games, then you have a very good backup goaltender who can contribute for you. But once you've seen that role expand, and as fans were asking for earlier this season, and media even were asking for earlier this season, to see more of Jake Allen, you started to see what has plagued him in his career is that he's he's just not capable at that larger in that larger role where you see more of him. He just can't deliver on it. And it's not his fault. It's, it's, again, it's not to disparage Jake Allen. It's just that in professional sports, role definition is very important. In baseball, there are guys who can start And throw seven, eight innings, and there are guys that you have in the bullpen because they lose it after two or three. They can't go that. So that's the part of it, right? It's role definition. It is role definition, and that is the most important thing that you can that you can do for a guy is put him in a position where he is capable of succeeding. The Canadians, obviously, because of injury, haven't been able to do that with Jake Allen. But it's just important for fans and media to know that in a perfect world. Jake Allen is not starting this much and you get numbers that are more similar to what we saw at the beginning of the season.
1: One of the things that I, I wanted to take a look at is because we're, we're all of this is trying to forecast uh, going forward and and I saw some and, and and really this this is this is silly land but but people saying Oh, well, gee, I, I don't know what's going what's, what's gonna to happen when uh, Price comes back. Who's going to start uh, in the playoffs? I mean, it's Carey Price. Shake your head. It's Carey yes. Price. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to take a look at uh, what we've seen. Uh, leading up to to the playoffs. And I picked March 1st as a date because, you know, it was uh, about a week after uh, Dominic Ducharme took over. Uh, Carey Price started for most of the starts in March. Uh, Jake Allen, most in April. I, I mean, you know, the majority uh, because yeah. of the injuries. So um, how did they do from, from um, March 1st to May 6th? Uh what did that look like for the Canadians goaltending? Well, uh Kerry Price had seven wins in that period, mostly in March. Jake Allen had seven wins. The difference is Kerry Price had three losses, Jake Allen had nine losses. Um Kerry Price his his uh, save percentage was nine sixteen in those games. Uh goals against of two one six. Um Jake Allen, 899 save percentage, a goals against of 284. So an under, nine save, under 900 uh, save percentage, that's not what you want for your starting goaltender. It's even uh, not what you want for your backup. And again, yeah. it shows, uh, just in a different way, it shows that uh, Jake Allen, when he has to carry too much of the load, that's not his forte, uh, and he struggles. And he has been struggling a lot.
0: Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and much of this has been because obviously Carey Price has been hurt. So it isn't necessarily the Canadians putting Jake Allen in a position that he's not capable of succeeding. But the Canadians did do that with Caden Primo when they played him against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And really, even though I understand that he's got a win on the season, he should not be starting for this team right now, and they did him a disservice by starting him against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Thursday night, especially. And, Rick, we talked about it. They gave up four goals in the first period. Alex Galchenyuk with the first just 16 seconds in. And, yeah, it became pretty clear, and uh, you saw the shots after the first period. Jake Allen replaced him in the second. You saw the shots, you know, of Josh Anderson walking up to him, uh, the fist bump from Dominic Ducharme it was clear that this was not a position where Caden Primo could succeed.
1: It wasn't. And, um, and, and that's not, it, it's not fair to Caden Primo. Um, I, uh, if you ask Caden Primo, uh, what do you want? I want to be in the NHL as fast as possible. Sounds a lot to me. Uh, the kind of words that he, he uses are a lot like Carter Hart. Um, if you watch Carter Hart's uh, development, uh, he didn't have very much experience in the AHL. He was rushed to the NHL, and uh, he crashed and burned this past season for yeah. uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. Carter Hart is a is a good goalie prospect. Uh, probably a, a a bit better uh, resume and and pedigree than than uh, maybe a lot better than than Caden Primo. Yeah, and if he was uh, you know uh, not done. Uh, uh, right by by rushing him through, you really wanted to see a lot more uh, experience for uh, Caden Primo, and we, we heard uh, Stefan Wait say, uh, preferably uh, two hundred games. That's what uh, uh, he would recommend, but at minimum hundred and fifty games, and we know. Uh, that uh, Caden Primo uh, is at 47 games in the AHL. He had, a, a, a if you just look at his his one loss record, uh, it's pretty good in, in in Laval this season. But if you watch the games, um, uh, there's still lots of stuff for him to work on: his rebound control, his puck handling, his movement, his puck tracking. And uh, when we saw, you mentioned the, you know, uh, pulled uh, at the end of the first period. And we heard Dominic Descharmes say his mind was made up halfway through that period, 10 minutes in. He had already made up his mind that he was going to pull Caden Primo at the end of the period. Um, And I mentioned my recap. And again, this is not to disparage. Primo, but um, you know he, he made a, on the the very first goal, um, he made a puck handling mistake that the, the, at, at just led to that Galchenyuk goal 12 seconds in. Uh, he had difficulty controlling his rebounds. Um, he was uh, you know, over aggressive at times. Um, it was just in in any of his his starts this season. As you said, he got a win, but he hasn't looked good. Uh, a one win, two losses, 8.59 save percentage, and a 4.24 goals against. Uh, but we don't have to look at the numbers to tell that um, Caden Primo, uh shouldn't have been in there. And um, after the game, well, you mentioned the number of players that were going up to him and, and uh, consoling him. Uh, but it was Ben Sherat that said, uh, listen, Uh, he, he went up to, to, uh, to, uh, Caden Primo and said, not your fault, not your fault at all. It's all on us. Not true. And as Mm -hmm. a goaltender, you know, when you're playing bad, you, you know that. And, and you know, when somebody's being patronizing, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, leave it to Jake Allen to know exactly what to say to a fellow goaltender.
0: Yeah, I just talked to him in the dressing room there, quick. Just me and him. You know, I said, "Look, it's it's a bump in the road for him. Um, you got to fail to succeed in anything. You know, I think that's the way I look at it. You got to fail to succeed in this league, and especially as a goalie, it's just a bump in the road for him. I'm, you know, it, it's unfortunate. I'm sure he's going to take it hard, like all young guys do. And I would have done the same thing. But you know, he, he's going to move on and, and get back and be ready to go for us. We're going to need him again. So he
1: didn't sugarcoat it." He yeah. you failed, but you have to fail to succeed. Uh, this is a bump in the road. This is, this is not something to dwell on. You didn't play well. I get it. You get it. We all know that, but don't dwell on it. you got to move on and move past it. And I think that's far more um, valuable to hear that kind of uh, advice than the patronizing, uh, you know, you were great. It's yeah. all on us kind of thing. Yeah. Because goaltenders know that's not true.
0: And I mean, and you made the point we were talking about as that game was happening, if not for a couple goal posts, you know, rebound yeah. control wasn't, it could have been worse. It could have been worse, you know, and and that's, again, not to disparage Caden Primo, but for the Montreal Canadiens, you said that it's, it's, you know, when, when Ben Chirot said that it was all on the Canadians, the players, the skaters in front of Caden Primo. And yeah, it was, it was very clearly, um, you know, perhaps a little bit of patronizing in that case, but it, it also was on the management on coaching staff, yes. whoever it is, for the roster decision to have to put Caden Primo ahead of Charlie Lindgren on the depth chart. And that's been the way that it's been this season, right? Like they've they've done that before where it's there's times where, you know, you think that, okay, here's Charlie Lindgren's opportunity to step in. And no, it's Caden Primo. And why exactly is that the case? I, I Like, listen, I, I, we were talking about this before the show. Last year when they threw Caden Primo into the fire – so to speak, or at least it wasn't even in the fire that much because nothing was going right for the Montreal Canadiens that season. They just wanted a good news story. They wanted something to talk about for a little while that could could be positive. So they throw Caden Primo in in there. And it's one thing to throw him into a disastrous season after you've had an eight-game winless streak and try to get some good news. It's entirely different. As you are trying to get to the playoffs, playing the best team in the North Division to throw a 21-year-old kid out there against Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares and William Neal, to do that to Caden Primo is a disservice to him. And it's also a slap in the face to Charlie Lindgren because Charlie Lindgren is an AHL all-star done basically everything that you can do at the AHL level he's 27 years old and in 13 of his 24 career NHL starts 13 of them have been deemed quality starts he is somebody that I understand the Montreal Canadiens are out on Charlie Lindgren they've made it abundantly clear they do not have interest in, in in Charlie Lindgren being a goaltender for this team in the future that's been made clear but if you are trying to get into the playoffs and you're trying, most importantly, I think at this point to get Jake Allen a night of rest because he's been. Listen, we, we understand Jake Allen. We've talked about Jake Allen, role definition, all very important. But without Carey Price, Jake Allen's playing games. You need to get him some rest to do that to Caden Primo to have him out there is a disservice to Cain Primo. It's a disservice to Charlie Lindgren. It's a disservice to Jake Allen all around. The Canadians did their players a disservice here
1: because Jake Allen had to go back in uh, at the start of the second period. And, and, and uh, it's, you know, when, when this, this season was unfolding and we saw the way the goaltending situation organizational wide was, was, uh, was breaking out it was um it it seemed like a, a a strength of the team and and you had three goaltenders at the nhl level you had three goaltenders without an echl team at the ahl level um with with caden primo in laval you had uh vasily demchenko that that many people forget about and michael mcniven uh, so that left uh, Charlie Lindgren on the taxi squad and uh, and supporting uh, the NHL group, and um, you know we knew we knew that w- whenever an injury happened, whether it be to Allen or uh, Carey Price, that. Um, Charlie Lindgren was there to fill in with that NHL experience. As you said, 24 NHL games, he has a 907 uh, save percentage at the NHL level. Um, he's very capable of coming in. Uh, you mentioned the quality starts that he that he's had um it 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 doesn't much matter whether the Can- canadians are uh committed to him for the future he's there for this sh- season and could have easily come in and uh and and filled in if the need arised. and the need did arise uh to bring caden primo in to raise his expectations uh it's 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 setting and and for him then not to perform is setting him up for fail uh, failure and and listen the Canadians, um, they're important points. Yes, I understand that uh, they're they're essentially a point away from from qualifying. But uh, you, you'd much rather have Charlie Lindgren in there, uh, giving a quality start, uh, than than Caden Primo. It, it just organizationally, it's 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 poor uh, asset management. Uh, again, as we've seen, time in and time out.
0: And by the way, just as an anecdote, uh, the game a couple of years ago, the last game of the season against the Toronto Maple Leafs, that's better known for Ryan Paling scoring the goals and the shootout winner. That's also a game where Charlie Lindgren stepped in against the Toronto Maple Leafs (laughs) and stepped up against John Tavares, William Neal, whoever, uh, Morgan Riley, all those guys with quality scoring opportunities, and Charlie Lindgren shut them down. In the shootout, he shut them down. In the shootout. In the shootout, yeah. So you're talking about a guy... Who has shown that he is not afraid of the moment if you throw him in there. And that to me, I think is it's, it's just ridiculous at this point that you throw a 21 year old in that spot. And, you know, with everything that's gone on this season, as I said, it's a disservice to everybody involved. And especially, listen, I think Jake Allen, uh, he needed that rest. I think he needed that Thursday night to get some rest. Uh, so to do that, it just did not sit well with me on, on all fronts. Um, But, Rick, uh, another situation that did not sit well with me and many others, uh, Tom Wilson. And we had to talk about this. Like, we just had to talk about this because it was uh, the big news story out of the NHL this year. I mean, it's – I think everybody, even if you're a hockey fan, if you're not a hockey fan – the The game between the New York Rangers and the Washington Capitals that followed that event, the Tom Wilson thing, like the, with all the fighting and the line brawl. like that was a that was a huge news story. On all fronts, this was a huge news story. So we should start with the first event, I suppose, which we go chronologically here because this is a huge, like it's just it goes off in, in every which direction. Uh, but Tom Wilson avoided suspension after holding Pavel Buchnevich down to the ice and uh, giving him a couple of of sucker punches while he had him held down there. Artemi Panarin didn't like that. Artemi Panarin came in to try to hold him off of his teammate, and uh, for his troubles, uh, Tom Wilson uh, threw Artemi Panarin without without a helmet on, by the hair, down to the ice, basically pile drove him into the ice. Um, It was an incredibly dangerous and reckless play for which Tom Wilson was not suspended. He was fined $5,000. By the NHL and the Department of Player Safety, which uh, obviously, as you can imagine, did not sit well with the New York Rangers, who uh, started the next game against those same Washington Capitals, who had Tom Wilson in the lineup because he was not suspended. Uh, so that game started out with a line brawl. Tom Wilson fought. Uh, there was a later. <laughs> Ryan Strome and Lars Eller fought. Like everybody fought everybody. in that game, except for Zdeno Chara. Zdeno Chara couldn't find a <laughs> dance partner. Poor Zdeno Chara. Uh-uh. So there was that. Then there was also Pavel Buchnevich, who, remember, was the guy that Tom Wilson held down and gave some soccer punches. He's been suspended because in that game against the Washington Capitals, he gave a cross-check to the face of Anthony Mantha, who, by the way, was raising up his stick to try to do the same. So, like, <laughs> there, there's levels to this. But Pavel Buchnevich nevertheless, was suspended. So before all this happens... Before even all that happens, right? The Rangers released a statement because they weren't happy that Tom Wilson wasn't suspended. As you can imagine, Uh, they were fined a quarter of a million dollars because they thought that George Parros was not good at his job and should be fired. So this led to John Davidson and Jeff Gordon, who were the president and general manager uh, of the uh, New York Rangers, they they were fired. Because of that, uh, not because of that statement, they tried to distance themselves from that statement reportedly. And uh, so, yeah, they were fired by James Dolan, uh, who owns the Rangers and the New York Knicks. Chris Drury has been promoted. So, this is all uh, a bit of a mess, Rick. Uh, This (laughs) entire sequence of events, uh, it is, I I mean, (laughs) as I said, it's the big news story out of the NHL this year, I think. Uh, And It, as I said, did not sit well with many. There are those who are, you know, Tom Wilson supporters that, you know, call him the king of the jungle, this and that, whatever you want to say, that every team. And listen, you can have the conversation. As everyone has said, if Tom Wilson was available for us to sign a contract tomorrow, there's 30 teams lining up at his door to sign him to a contract. But that does not change the fact that what Tom Wilson did was egregious. It was dangerous and Rick, I'll let you say, because you made a great point as well. If it's a few inches, few centimeters, whatever it might be, that could have been a a disgusting act on, on, on on a huge level.
1: Well yeah, the, the the league I think is um, is fortunate. This could have, yes, it was talked it was talked about uh, not only in 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 hockey spheres, but it was talked about in all sports spheres, but it bled over to to news uh, stations that uh, that were talking about news because of of uh, the fighting and and you had even uh, other athletes from other sports saying, Wait a minute, you can fight in hockey? Seriously? This is allowed? <laughs> yeah. Um and uh it 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 I don't think it does anything for for the league uh you know moving into a new uh broadcast contract, two new broadcast contracts in in the US. Um I'm I you know, maybe people are are looking forward to this stuff. I don't I don't think so. Uh, particularly because it could have been, as you said, it was, it was reckless on, on behalf of, of Tom Wilson. And, uh, and, and if, if Panarin uh, goes down, uh, much of the, the impact was absorbed by his shoulder. If that is his head hitting uh, the ice, uh, we're talking about something tragic, uh, fatal. And, 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 and I mean, it was very, very close. And, um, you know, there are so many different um, tentacles of this uh, that it became an absolute circus. And I don't think that's what the the NHL needs. You had, um, you know, old enforcers coming out of the woodwork. Uh, John Scott put out a, yeah. a video saying, you know, he's going to come in and take care of things. George Larocque, who uh, <laughs> would not fight for the Montreal Canadiens. It was poor Tom Kostopoulos that had to go in and yeah. fight the battles of George LaRock, because he was at that stage in his career, picking and choosing who he thought was in his weight class. Uh, George LaRoc put out a tweet saying, uh, give me a one game contract and I'll take care of Tom Wilson. I mean, it was, it was circus yeah. level quality. Uh, it, it was, it was really disturbing. Um, and then for Tom Wilson to come out and say, hey, I'm, I'm absolutely shocked at uh at the reaction to this to me it was a normal everyday hockey scrum this is the kind of thing i do every day every game um i think that um you know certainly a suspension was warranted if only for tom wilson to see why his words are so wrong uh and and why that's you know he's he's emboldened now we saw him uh preening and, and primping in in yeah. the, the penalty box and and um this is this is ugly this is not what we want yeah. to see um uh, you know the all all the other um things that happened uh you know were 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 Davidson and Gordon going to be fired anyway well maybe pro- maybe probably that Chris Drury is uh, has been a pretty hot Property in terms of GM candidates, and uh, Minnesota was interested in him. Florida, Buffalo, New Jersey—they all wanted uh, Chris Drury and he was kind of hanging around, waiting to move from Hartford to uh, the the uh, the New York Rangers uh, GM position. Now he has GM and president under his uh, portfolio, uh, but still, uh, it was made part of this mess, and and uh, now he has to take over with with. That as a backdrop, I I just I don't I don't think any of this was uh, was uh, good for the NHL. Or let me a- add in there the NHLPA. Sometimes yeah. they're they're given a pass on this, and George Peros and and player safety takes the brunt of it. But it's also the responsibility of of the players' association to protect players, and oftentimes we find them doing more to. Uh, advocate on behalf of the perpetrators, uh, then do anything to protect the victims and and uphold suspensions. And I think that's really disturbing that they should be working hand in hand with player safety uh, yeah. to uh, support suspensions and and rule changes if if there aren't enough opportunities to make suspensions for these egregious acts.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. That that they definitely hold uh, some responsibility in all this, but the the idea that they came to that george paris department of player safety came to the determination that this was something That did not warrant a suspension for a repeat offender in tom wilson it is it is absolutely ridiculous uh, to me that that would even that that, that, that that that's what they came down to. And, and by the way, I think uh, just because we've been talking about this, it's an ugly situation on all fronts. Um, out of that Rangers and Capitals game, one thing that did come out that was really really good was the TJ Oshie story, and I just wanted to mention yes. that too. Yes. That was a fantastic story, um, scoring a hat trick after the loss of his father. And we remember back to 2018. And, and that emotional, and it was great that, uh, that TJ got to share that moment with his dad, um, who, yeah, unfortunately was suffering from early onset Alzheimer's. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a, a great story in TJ Oshi that was in the middle of all of the other ugliness that surrounded uh, that particular game. Uh, but, Rick, I, uh, I guess we'll take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we're going to be dis- discussing the Habs' poor starts to games Is it a coaching issue? We're gonna hear from some players and we're gonna have a discussion about what the Canadians roster might look like, what their lineup might look like in the playoffs. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, A young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today.
0: Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast. Here on Rocket Sports Radio, I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Whalen19. And with me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. And you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. So, Rick, uh, I think it's important to have a conversation about the Montreal Canadiens starts as of late because. In seven out of the last ten games for the Montreal Canadiens, they have conceded the first goal of the game, and you know three of those were comeback wins. And you know you you often hear about in comeback wins the resiliency and the fighting back and all that, and that and that that grabs the headlines. But I mean, what what's hidden in that is the team was down, that they they allowed goals early, they have to claw back late and win those games. It's great that they do. Everyone loves comeback wins, but they often hide some of the larger issues. And I think that was the case even earlier this season. The Canadians were winning games that maybe they they shouldn't have based on what was happening. And, you know, there was a lot of conversation about resiliency, this and that. But it takes it out of you a little bit. I remember saying this earlier this season, right? When you get to those comeback wins, they, they take it take it out of you a little bit, as you have to do them over and over again. So I think it's important to have a conversation right now about those poor starts that the Canadians have been having, and is it a coaching issue?
1: I and and I think that um, when we ask that, you know, do does the organization see it as a problem? Do players see it as a problem? Do the coaching staff yeah. see it as a problem? And um, so, put together a couple of clips. And this first one is from uh, Jeff Petrie. No, uh, I think just our, our starts have to be better. Um, you know, it's something that um, they haven't been good enough lately. We've we've showed our character battling back, but it'd be nice to um, you know to, to play with the lead um, and and then just our compete on a nightly basis. We have to to make sure that we're we're ready to show up, um, win our battles you know, make sure we're doing the right things, not letting guys jump by us uh, and things like that. So um, he answered that pretty succinctly. Our starts have to be better. Um, and uh, talked about the preparation, uh, that we have to be ready to show up when the puck drops. Uh, that's pretty important. Um, and uh, it, it's it's funny because... Uh, you know, I could have put a hundred of these clips in over the past yeah. couple of weeks. Um, and even before that, each player, uh, after they have one of these uh, starts where uh, where they give up the first goal and then they have to claw back. And as you said, uh, and as, as um, and Jeff Petrie said, it'd be really nice to play with a lead because th- <laughs> then you're not expending so much energy in a condensed season, uh, that really takes a lot out of the players.
0: Yeah. It's you're, you're consistently rolling the boulder up the mountain. You know, it's, it'd be great to get out as Jeff Petrie said with, to, to play with the lead and, and, you know, have the other team having to exert that energy rather than yourself. So it, it, especially against teams like the Leafs, you cannot afford to have a bad start against a team like the Leafs. And the Canadians did it once and they were able to come back and win it in over time, but they, the, you know, once you get into it do, it, do it a second time. Yeah, your luck isn't so great, right? Like it, it it takes it out of you as you go along with these comeback wins. It's great resiliency, this and that you have the conversation about it. Cole Caulfield scoring the OT winner. It's all great. But the reality is once you step on the ice that next game, you know, it, it's it's taken it out of you a little bit more and you find yourself down in a hole early again you can't claw out of it because you've already done it so many times that you just don't have it in you anymore. And especially as this team nears the playoffs, because if they started today, they would be playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. So here's Josh Anderson talking about what it would take to beat the Leafs. Be ready to start. I mean, it's pretty simple. We, we got to come out and, and perform and, um, you know, have everybody buying in um to the system and and to the game tomorrow night because it's it's a big game and um you know obviously playing against the Leafs um like you guys said who can be uh you know a playoff contender and um and it could be a matchup um you know we got to come out you know hard physical and and play the right uh, play the right way and um you know and, and play hard for 60 minutes
1: uh so what will it take to beat the Leafs it's simple says Josh Anderson be ready to start um, and we saw that the Canadians weren't that uh, last game. And I said, you know, you, you uh, look back to, um, you know, other press conferences in addition to, to Petrie and Josh Anderson. And on a different occasion, Josh Anderson talked about their preparation not being uh, just right. Joel Edmondson has said it. Brandon Gallagher, when he was in the lineup, talked about not being prepared, not being ready to go. Um, and so all of this you you start to to listen to the players and hear them uh, and 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 these bad starts are, are starting to add up contribute to the fatigue but also um you know contribute to the losses as well
0: yeah and i mean yeah we've we've talked about that with Josh Anderson in particular that he's taken on a bit of a leadership role but Especially of late. Yeah, you've noticed that the Canadians haven't really had that type of ability to start games, whether that comes down to uh, preparation, whether that comes down to goal uh, to to coaching and whether or not they are getting the guys ready to go from puck drop. And I understand that when we say this, too, there's also going to be the portion of people that say, well, you look at the schedule, you look at what this team's been through this season so many games with uh, so many weeks with four games in them. I I understand that there are a lot of factors that lead to this, but at the end of the day, they have to go out and play those games and be ready to go. And yeah, what, 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 what makes life easier for you to beat a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs is by starting better, as Josh Anderson said. You start with a better energy. You don't let them score less than 20 seconds into a game. Perhaps you're a little bit better off in that game. Perhaps you can actually play with them for a full 60 minutes rather than what we saw happen on Thursday. So, it's interesting to think about this because yes, the players I think have acknowledged that they would like to start games better. It would be it'd be nice to play with the lead for once as Jeff Petrie said. What does Dominic Ducharme think and how have the bad starts been a problem?
1: No, because you know, the night that we have good starts and, you know, we do the same thing. Uh, I think the first goal tonight was kind of a Super Bowl a puck bouncing from the corner to the middle, everyone whacking at it, and they just put their stick on it and scored. So, um, no, it's uh, it's about uh, getting on the ice and, you know, uh, applying it and, and, you know, winning that first base off, taking the puck behind their Ds and just establishing our game and, that's how it started tonight. So uh, the nineteen seventies Super Bowl uh, reference there, <laughs> um, but basically what he was saying is that it was a lucky bounce, and he said yeah. that before that that it's just a bounce, it's just lucky. Uh, that's what led to that that goal that um, he said somebody that somebody being Galchenyuk put a stick on it and scored. Uh, well, why did they put a stick on it and score? Uh, well, there was a number of mistakes made on that play. Deneau lost the opening faceoff. Uh, Primo didn't uh, handle the puck behind the net. Uh, uh, Cole Caulfield wasn't able to to battle with with Alex Galchenyuk. Um, there there was a number of mistakes uh, by the Montreal Canadiens, uh, and it wasn't all just a lucky bounce. Uh, but Dominic de Charme has said this before that uh, and it was interesting too at the start of that. he said uh, doesn't really matter if if we have good starts or bad starts. Uh, we play the same way anyway. Uh, we can lose just as as well if we have a good start as we have a bad start. I don't I don't think that's true. Uh, but. Uh, he's, he's the way he brushed it off in this clip, and, and if you go back, it's, it's happened time and time again where players say, we had a bad start, we need to be more prepared. And, uh, you know, Desharam comes at the end of the, the uh, uh, post-game press conferences and he said, no, not a bad start. No, that, I didn't see it that way at all. Um, so he's not willing to acknowledge that bad starts are a problem. And if you don't acknowledge a problem, you can't fix it, um, yeah. and and that that's really concerning. And and particularly, let's let's remember where Ducharme came from. Um, you know, he he was the assistant coach with 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 the least of of the bench responsibilities. His responsibility was to do uh, game prep. His responsibility. This is before Julian was fired. Um, As an assistant, his responsibility was to scout the opposition, uh, was to help prepare a game plan, was help to get the team ready. Um, and, And now... He's not able to, to do that. He's not able to have his, his, his players are screaming out, we're not ready, we're not prepared. We don't have the right strategy. We don't have a good game plan. Uh, and that's what's leading to bad starts. And Ducharme is not even t- willing to acknowledge uh, that they're having bad starts at all.
0: Yeah, and I remember back to when we played the clips of Ben Charrat that he was saying after after the games, Coach C <laughs> it was yeah. giving his thoughts on what was going on with the Montreal Canadiens, and then you had Dominique Ducharme come out and just refute those because he didn't believe it, he didn't see it that way. And look, I you know I understand part of it where he's coming from because yes, the Canadians have battled back, but as I said, you can only do that so many times before you just get tired, before you just cannot do it anymore. So having good starts. It's it's pretty important to have a good start to a hockey game. I think that that would go a long way in the Canadians having some success. I, I You know, it doesn't happen. Seven out of ten games, the Canadians have given up the first goal of the game, right? Like, that's a trend. That is something that you need to address in some form. And the first thing to do that, the first way you, that you try to address that is by acknowledging it as a bit of a problem. And you can't even do that. So I, I don't really know where Dominique Ducharme is coming from on this because... It's been clear that this has been a problem. And I'm sure if you extrapolate, you go back even further than that 10-game sample size, it's been a problem in, in a longer period. But 7 out of 10, I think, is, is a pretty jarring number that they've given up. They've conceded the first goal in 7 out of their last 10 games. Like, you just need to start games better than that. Like there's, It just comes down. It's very simple at the end of the day. It's, it's, it's easier to win hockey games when you give yourself a chance early when you already think that you're going to lose the game. The, the Canadians, there was no way they thought they were going to win that game on Thursday night. Right. Like, There's not a chance. There's no way. Against the Sens, same thing. They were 1-1 after the first, but there's no way that they thought that they were going to win that game because the Ottawa Senators were hungrier. They were the hungrier team that night. So it comes down to preparation, and that's that's a coaching thing. That's a coaching thing through and through. And it doesn't seem like uh, that Dominic Ducharme agrees with that assessment, and he's going to do anything to change it.
1: The interesting thing is that this has been going on for weeks. Uh, you mentioned Sherratt. Sherat was pre- pretty blunt um, in his assessment about not being prepared. Uh, and this has gone on for weeks where the, the player, a player, uh, many players, say that, that that they have been having bad starts, and Deschamps contradicts them. Uh, the Canadians didn't have uh, a practice on Friday, they had a day off, but uh, Nick Suzuki was put out before the media and you have to imagine uh, that uh, that Paul Wilson said, "Okay, guys, every day we're having players and and coaches, con- uh, the coach contradict each other. Uh, let's all get on the same page here." And, um, so when, when the, you know, and the media know, uh, in order to, and the media love when they get different answers from the players and the coach. So, uh, <laughs> that was obviously one of the questions that was asked for, asked to Nick Suzuki is why are you having bad starts to games?
0: Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question. Uh, I think, uh, I, I don't think our starts have been that bad. Obviously last night, uh, wasn't the greatest, but, um, We've had, our, we've had our chances early in games, um, but I, I don't think it's one thing that we're not doing. Uh, I think it's just a matter of uh, luck or uh, the other team just getting a good chance and scoring. So um, it happens in hockey. I think uh, we're not really focusing on that too much, but uh, we know we have to have good starts and uh, getting that first goal always makes you feel good.
1: If you mm-hmm. listen to the rest of that, that press conference, uh, Nick Suzuki is is perky and talking and, and the answers yeah. come quickly in in every other case except this one because he's having to make a case that he doesn't necessarily believe in he said well you know um uh, it's 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 a difficult question to answer um I, you know I, we didn't have a we haven't had bad starts but we didn't have a great start last game and and uh and it's luck by the other teams we've heard that before uh, in them scoring first, I, I don't think he's all that committed to his answer uh, no but it's 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 a situation he's been I think put into and and the players don't necessarily believe it or have confidence uh, but they don't want to contradict the 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 interim head coach and uh, this is something that uh, has to be addressed. It really has to be addressed.
0: Yeah, that, those those were very clearly. Dominic Ducharme and the organization's words coming out of Nick Suzuki's mouth there. And you can tell when someone is saying something that they believe that they will say it with enthusiasm, that they will say it with every ounce that they have. There's, there's nothing out of that that you can say is Nick Suzuki actually believing what he was saying. That that is very clearly not somebody that believed what they were saying. And yeah, I, I think that when you look at what's happened here and, and you know, there's, there's going to be an opportunity at the end of this season to discuss Dominique Ducharme's tenure as the interim head coach and whether or not he's deserving of having that interim tag removed. We sort of touched on that last week with with the, the question about, you know, the necessary change and whether or not winning, you know, the success is, you know, sort of putting off those decisions being made. But for Dominique Ducharme, it is Bad sign, (laughs) you know, when the players have been so adamant that it's been one way that this has been the problem. This has been an issue for us and to have the coach on the other end of the spectrum. I understand that a coach in certain points is expected to be able to keep a level head and understand what's going on and, and perhaps dismiss some things. But to be that constantly at odds with what the players believe like, that's an issue. Like, mm-hmm. that comes down to it. Like, that's a communication. That's that's a huge issue to see that happen as consistently as it's happened here.
1: Now, is this more of an issue with Ducharme than Julian? Because, uh, obviously, the Canadians had some bad starts under Julian as well. Um, and so if you look at it, uh, the Canadians have played 53 games. They've scored first in uh, 28. Uh, they've they've trailed first in 25. So uh, you know half and half more or less. Um, in those 28 games where they've scored first, two thirds of those, 66 percent, have come under De Charme, Uh The the one third under under Julian. Um, but when they trailed first, 76 percent uh, of the games. Uh, they've trailed for, so there's, they've trailed first, uh, more often under, uh, as a percentage under Ducharme than Julian. Uh, now does it really matter? Uh, does it really matter if you trail first to your record? Well, yes. For the Montreal Canadiens, they're not a comeback team. They're not a team who comes back. In fact, on the games that they, they've trailed this season, uh, the, and, uh, as far as wins, they have five. They have five out of those twenty-five games that they've trailed first. They've won five of them. That's a, a two-hundred winning percentage. That's twenty-third in the National Hockey League. They're not a team who comes back. So it's absolutely crucial uh, for them to to score first. And they've done worse at that under Ducharme than Julian.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) I think that we can acknowledge uh, whether or not Dominique Ducharme is prepared to do so. I think that we can acknowledge that this is a problem, that the Canadians simply need to start games better. And especially as you head towards the playoffs and you're playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs, if by some chance they leapfrog the Winnipeg Jets, you're playing against Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers, it's going to become important for the Montreal Canadiens to start games on time and to be prepared to play. So once we get there, and I mean, there's still a possibility, by the way, that that they don't make the playoffs, though. It's appearing as though the Canadians are in pretty good position to do so. Um, Once you get there, what is the lineup going to look like? And we asked the question on social media. It's going to be the question of the week that we get to in the third segment. But to have a discussion here on what we think the lineup should look like assuming everyone is back with the exception of Jonathan Drouin, because of course it's not, it's not an injury. That's a personal thing. We don't know what that timetable is for now, but we will have the conversation assuming everybody that we think is going to be available for the Montreal Canadiens comes back.
1: So we'll look at, and as you said, that, that is our question of the week, the Canadians connection question of the week. And, and uh, we'll go to our, our, our uh, All Habs fan page on Facebook in the third segment, um, but we also asked it just to uh, our own internal Rocket Sports team on our Slack group. Um, assuming they're all back, most of the injuries are day to day, and uh, assuming they're all back. But but, Drewan, what does it look like? And uh, Chris G was the first uh, to uh, reply. Of course, Chris. Um, helps us out from time to time with this podcast, but uh, his focus is on the AHL report with Amy Johnson. Uh, and this is the way the lines, uh, the forward lines uh, set up, according to Chris. Uh, Tatar, T- Deneau and Gallagher on the top line. Suzuki between um, the, uh, the offensive juggernauts in, in Foley and Anderson. Uh, uh between Lekkinen and uh, Armia, the, the fin line uh, in the third spot. And uh, Evans at center between uh, the veterans Perry and Stahl. Um, and for the most part, I think our, our team agreed with that kind of assessment, uh, seeing that, that that was likely the way that the lines were going to uh, turn out. If everybody's healthy, of course, once yes. the playoffs start.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think I, I agreed... With Chris on that because I mean, and we were having the conversation on why that is. I mean, I think you can look at the familiarity between that first line, and you know, it's been said it is the first line, perhaps by default sometimes, but but it is that first line that that has been given opportunities in the past. I love Suzuki between Tofoli and Anderson. I think that that opens up a lot of opportunities there. The Lekkonen between, or excuse me, Kotkinami with Lekkonen and Army. That's the one I think that can make a difference for the Canadians. Their possession numbers have always been great when they're playing together. It gives the Canadians three lines that, you know, when you put them together, I think you've got an opportunity to do something there. Granted, it's going to be difficult, whoever you're playing, (laughs) but I think that that's a a solid top three lines. And then the fourth line, I, I think Corey Perry, obviously you'll see more of him on the power play. Eric Stahl has not worked out as well as you'd like, but I still think that they are guys who in the playoffs that they can raise your ceiling a little bit. So, I mean, I, I like what Chris has put together there. I think that he's done a, a pretty good job of uh, playing the uh, head coach. And hopefully uh, Dominic Ducharme agrees with him once he gets all the bodies back.
1: <laughs> that familiarity with that so-called top line with Deno Gallagher and Tatar um, for the playoffs. That's what's likely to happen. Are we married to that going forward? I'm certainly not. And, and uh, I can't, I, I, I wouldn't, I I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, if um, uh, Dano is not re-signed. You look at at Dano's numbers, and my goodness, um, to have five goals as your top center, um, (laughs) for a guy who plays seventeen minutes a night. Uh, who has excellent uh, wingers? For for a guy to have zero power play goals, zero power play points playing on the the top line. For a guy to have zero game winning goals as your top center, um, I, you know, and, and and you know when when. Uh, you challenge that at all? It's always the pushback is always well. They're 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 rated as one of the best uh, lines top lines in the in the National Hockey League. I don't want to know about expected goals. I don't want to know about Corsi. If you look at the number of goals they scored, it's kind of half, um, which I consider a really top line of Patchetti, Stevenson, and Stone in in yeah in uh, in Vegas. Um, and so you know. That's a whole other discussion. We'll have that as, as the yeah. season uh, ends but I'm I'm not terribly excited by that uh, top line. So hopefully as you said, the offense is going to come from uh you know as it has been from uh the 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 Anderson toffoli Suzuki line, yeah. the Konkinemi, uh Lekinen Armia line. uh the interesting part of that, here is uh we have not seen we don't see any Paul Byron in uh Chris's lineup yeah. and we don't see any Cole Caulfield at all, yeah. which might cause a bit of a stir for many.
0: <laughs> yes, that is that is very true. And and by the way, I just wanna I just wanna say before uh the the Dano line I think that I made the argument earlier in the season. Deneau was weighing down Tatar and Gallagher. It was pretty clear. I mean, there was a lot of plays that he would end up, Philip Deneau would be on the end of them, and he'd have an opportunity to score, and he would just sky it, or the goalie would stop it or whatever. But before Gallagher got hurt, there was a stretch where Gallagher was just willing the the production for that line. Mm -hmm. So if you hope that you can get that back for Brendan Gallagher you get him back hopefully and he can produce uh we we don't know to what extent if he'll be limited at all in terms of you know obviously we'll have to wait and see how how he how he heals but there was a stretch before that where it started to turn around but yes I think that the overall point on Philip Deneau has been that he has not nearly been good enough for the Montreal Canadiens this season and yeah the Cole Caulfield that's uh yeah that that would be uh That'd be something if he was not a part of the NHL uh, playoff roster for the Montreal Canadiens. I'm sure that Facebook would not be uh, very happy about that. Uh, But Rick, we'll get to the face. We'll get to Facebook's answer uh, in a little bit. So, uh, Let's is there just, anything uh, else you'd like to get to? Yeah,
1: just the, the defense uh quickly. Yeah. And and that is uh, uh, Chris has uh Sheraton Weber, uh, Edmondson Petrie, uh, Romanov Kulak. Um, I think the only thing that might change there, I think I think the top two uh, 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 defense pairings are are kind of set. Um I think that uh likes if Romanoff is on his strong side that likes uh, Merrill next to him uh, rather than Kulak, I think, you know, uh, Merrill has shown some uh, defensive liabilities. Uh, Kulak can can uh, can have some issues as well, but a bit bit more. I, I've liked the way that, that Kulak and Romanoff have played together a bit more than, yeah. than Merrill. Uh, so I, g- I agree with Chris there, but I think that that's what may we might see a coach's decision there to put Merrill in ahead of Kulak.
0: Yeah. And I thought at the deadline, I thought that John Merrill, and at, well, just before the deadline, when he was acquired, I thought that that might've been a move that, you know, you make because you're thinking about having somebody that's a little bit more of a defensive stay at home guy next to Alexander Romanoff. But yeah, it, it has not looked as good as I thought that uh, uh, Brett Kulak, as you said, I thought the flashes, for the most part, him and and uh, and Alexander Romanoff, it was it was a pretty decent pairing, all things considered. It's a third pairing, so I mean, you're not setting the uh, the standards too too high. I thought it was pretty good, and then you got him up, Brett Kulak, in the absence of Ben Chirac, was playing with Jeff Petrie, and that's when things started to go off the rails for the Montreal Canadiens a little bit, and that was perhaps part of why that was the case. But I think Brett Kulak is is a pretty fine defenseman in that role and uh, yeah I think I think I would be more inclined to have him in there than John Merrill at this point but we will see what Dominic Ducharme thinks uh, so that'll be interesting to see come playoff time and of course uh, I think we should say that uh, assuming Kerry Price is back that Kerry that Price is going to be between the pipes sure. over Jake Allen yeah, yeah. For yeah. Sure. I think not not much debate on that one, I don't think. But uh, <laughs> Rick, uh, we will take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we'll get an update on the All Habs Fantasy Hockey League Finals and uh, much more. So stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanic. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content
0: And welcome back to episode 135 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. So, Rick, we've got a very interesting segment coming up here. We're going to be getting to the question of the week. Uh, Your and Amy Johnson sit down, conversation about daily fantasy sports. Uh, But first, we'll start with the All Habs Fantasy Hockey League because, Rick, we're re- we're nearing the end. It's championship week here on the all Habs fantasy hockey league. And I am in the championship game.
1: How did that um, happen?
0: How did that happen? Well, Rick, I don't know if you want to, do we want to revisit this? Do we uh, want to go back No. Okay. No, fine. Uh, so it's currently me and, probably. and thank you. Thank you. It was a, it was a hard fought victory, uh, last week in the semifinals against you, Rick Stevens. I'm currently in the championship game. Uh, against uh, our friend and colleague, Mike Raschel. Uh And Rick, you know, Mike has been dominating all season. Like he has just been
1: mm-hmm.
0: at a different level. He's got, he had 207 points on the year. He is just on a different level because I am currently, uh, I'm just, I'm losing in every, <laughs> just in every way, except for penalty minutes and power play points. It's nine to two, Rick. It is not a pretty picture right now. We both got 13 games left. Um, I don't know. There's some categories that are close that I might be able to swing it, It'd be tough though. Uh, it seems like Mike is on his way to winning uh, the all-habs Fantasy hockey league, but I I'm quite happy with uh, second place this year I, I didn't think I'd be here quite honestly. I didn't think that this was a possibility this season for me so uh it's been uh, it's been quite a battle all season long, and uh, if I do end up losing to Mike, and we'll find out next week, we'll, we'll I guess we'll update it next week on the uh, on the Canadians Connection podcast. We'll congratulate him then. But uh, yeah, it, it seems like that might be the likely outcome here.
1: <laughs> you know how does he do it? Because you I don't think know. There are some fantasy players that they're, fo- they're they sit and they're, they're fantasy, whether it's uh, baseball or, or or hockey or or football. They're they're always they're always picking up. their are Mike's got he manages a huge farm he's got yeah. calves being born every five minutes he's got two young twins uh, yeah. and and a, and a young son and and um, I, I just don't know how he does it but congratulations to him um now I ended up in the third place game uh with our our commissioner of uh, fantasy sports Brian and yeah. did you see the flow on Brian he hasn't yeah, had a hair Brian, like me he hasn't had a haircut in a long time either. Uh, but my goodness, the the, the <laughs> picture that he posted uh, in our Slack group with the flow going and and so we got a pretty tight matchup for the third uh, the third place. It's currently seven five uh, for me, but of course that could go up or down with uh, with a full slate of games uh, today. And um, so we'll, we'll let you know what happens um, yeah. um, next week
0: it's looking yeah it's like, been a great uh, it's season looking, though lots it's of been, fun yeah. yeah very competitive absolutely it's been it's been great and yeah like it, it, for me i mean i only had a 70 170 points i mean i was in third place because i my division wasn't that great but uh, <laughs> i did not think i was going to be in the championship so it's been it's been unpredictable even so that's always a bit of extra fun as well when it's that competitive that even uh, all the way through so uh, Rick, we will get to the question of the week. We asked, "What does your postseason lineup look like?" What does the All Habs uh, fan page say on Facebook?
1: So um, we've got all sorts of of different uh, uh, arrangements <laughs> uh, lineups <laughs> submitted. Uh, we had tons of of people uh, uh, reviewing the post and sending it in, and and we asked the question on the All Habs. Uh, fan page on Facebook. Uh, the same question we asked earlier. Assuming all that all injured are back. Uh, reply with the forward lines and defense pairings. Uh, we have Terry Mercury saying uh, Toffoli, Suzuki, Anderson up top. Uh, Gallagher, uh, Kakinyemi Caulfield. Oh, these are interesting. Uh, mm. uh, Tatar, Dino, Armia uh, for his third line. No Leckonen there. No Evans um, as well. Uh, Patrick. Grips, Gripenstahl, uh, he's got a similar kind of, of, uh, he's got Suzuki and, and Kotkaniemi as the top two centers, uh, no Lackanen, no Evans in his lineup. Um, Corey Hardiman, uh, he's got more of a traditional lineup with Tatar, Dano Gallagher up top. Uh, he has Merrill in on defense in that one. Um, the uh, and and then of course you get uh, guys like Jim Price chiming in saying, "Are you sure we make the playoffs?" Yeah, well, pretty sure, uh, Jim. Yeah. And he said, "Last glance, I'm not sure I want to be there." Uh, well, <laughs> as yeah. if you believe Mark Berger once you get in, anything can happen, and uh, we saw that uh, the Carey Price carried. The team threw uh, around round, uh, yeah. uh, uh, the play-in round last year against Pittsburgh. And uh, and and maybe he can do the same again if he's 100% healthy, which we're not sure about.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the big if there. But yeah, some very interesting uh, combinations there on uh, the All Habs fan page on Facebook. So go ahead and check those out and, and give us your thoughts. Weigh in on what you think the uh, postseason lineup should look like for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, so Rick, we will move on because yourself and Amy Johnson had a very interesting conversation on daily fantasy sports, sports betting, and uh, really, what's what's on the horizon in the industry?
1: Well, today, we're going to revisit a, a topic we uh, we introduced a, a few months back. And that is uh, daily fantasy sports and sports betting and and what that's all about and especially how it relates to DraftKings. I'm Rick Stevens from the Canadians Connection podcast and with me today is Amy Johnson from the Press Zone, both podcasts you can find on the Hockey Podcast Network and we're very proud affiliates. Um, of that uh, wonderful network, and uh, Amy, welcome back to the show.
2: I'm very glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me, and it's uh, it's exciting. It's you know, sports betting. Ooh, it just makes you all tingly.
1: Well, and it's it's something that um, you know a, a lot of our listeners are uh, are becoming <laughs> uh, engaged in and and for becoming sure. e- excited about, and, and even within our own Rocket Sports team. Uh, we're we're getting more involved. Guilty. Uh, <laughs> so uh, well, okay, uh, you're the guilty one. Uh, uh, no, there's there's uh, there's a few there's of us. There's quite a few on our team that yeah. uh, that can uh, that can own up to that. Uh, let's let's start with with daily fantasy sports from DraftKings and and uh, why don't you give us some background? You wrote a great article on AllHabs.net about it. I did um, uh, just uh, remind some of the folks that may not have seen that.
2: Well. You know, the thing that I love, okay, so so us DraftKings coming on as, as a sponsor with the Hockey Podcast Network was the perfect excuse for me to dip a toe in and say, okay, I've heard about this for so long. Uh, I haven't done anything about it, so this is now this, – this is why I want to try it. So I signed up uh, uh, quite a while ago, of course using that promo code THPN. Um, uh, you know, shameless plug there. Uh, and um, I've had a blast with it. I mean, Daily Fantasy is basically – kind of speaks for itself instead of having you know I'm actively involved in season-long traditional fantasy sports for hockey and for football Um, I tried baseball once and I gave up after three weeks (laughs) it was too much roster moving every day um but I'm involved with those but what I really like about daily fantasy is that um it's there's no commitment um you know, I love season-long fantasy. I do. Um, but it can be a chore to go in, set your lines every day, set your lines every week. If you have a busy week and you completely forgot about your roster, it can really th- completely destroy your season. Um, whereas with daily fantasy, you go in every day, you pick what sport you're interested in in building a, a team off of. You, you choose a matchup, whether it's basketball, whether it's hockey, whether it's... I've done it for, for golf. I did it for the Masters. Um... And you choose what type of contest you want, and you build your own fantasy team um, based off of the players that, that are available, and that's it. You watch the game that night, or in the ma- in the case of golf, you know it's a four-day tournament, um, so it goes off of the, the full four-day of, of the tournament, that kind of thing. But it's kind of like one and done. You get in, you get out. And if I don't have time to get back to it for another couple of weeks, it's not like it's not like I've lost anything. It's just I go in. and it's it's great. It's when you want just some some quick betting action, it's a great way to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I that's one of the things I really like about it is that it's a nice kind of um just a quick supplement to that season long fantasy sports
1: well completely flexible you don't have to get in right at the beginning of the season no. as you do with year-long fantasy Let's Do it anytime. uh versatile in that you 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 mentioned it there you can you can dabble in other sports um you you, you want to try some uh betting on nba or or um mlb or uh mma or golf or whatever it might be uh you can get in get out try it And it doesn't cost a lot of money. You you, know, there are dollar leagues. There are uh, 10
2: cent contests. There's free. I should mention that too. There's a lot of free contests. So if you just want to test your skills and you don't want to commit to any money, you can do that. So, well, and
1: it just makes the game watching so much more fun. We know that in an 82 game schedule or a 56 game schedule this season, NHL schedule, that some of the games are just uh, they're tough mm-hmm. to watch, mm-hmm. but if you have daily fantasy sports from DraftKings going on, you have another reason to be engaged. And oh, sure. And it just seems that that the NHL is looking at ways for uh, engaging more of their fan base. Uh, and, uh, you know, we saw, uh, recently with, uh, the U S broadcast contract, uh, that's been, uh, finalized, uh, the, the league is, is investing a lot more in player tracking and all those kinds of things mm-hmm. are going to lead to more information, which allows for more of this, uh, also the the daily fantasy uh, uh uh betting but also sports betting uh that's going to that's going to explode in the next little while and it's it's really good for you to be in at the ground level mm-hmm. understand it get good at it and and be involved with your with your friends
2: well that's just it so daily fantasy is is what we've just talked about and that's a that's available uh here in the states it's available all, in almost every state um and and it's available in Canada as well it's where you're building your daily a draft you know you're drafting a daily fantasy team but the other side of that which is a whole other world is DraftKings Sportsbook and that's your traditional sports betting site um, it's available in I want to say about 14 states here in, in the United States I happen to be lucky enough that I live in Pennsylvania which is one of the states that does have DraftKings Sportsbook available uh, and legal to participate in um, you know sport <laughs> should say you know sports betting is not that you know kind of like back room hush hush kind of thing that you know used to be years and years and years and decades ago um it's you know it's legislation is being passed to to make it legal in as many places as it possibly can be um and so that's where you're saying you know i'm gonna place a bet on such and such a team to win tonight i'm gonna place a bet on xyz player to score a hat trick tonight i'm gonna you know those kinds of things and again doesn't take a lot of financial commitment. You can have a dollar bet on things, um, and and so that's as opposed to building a fantasy team and seeing where it goes from there. This is straightforward uh, sports betting where you are betting the odds. Um, you are you are betting on really you can you can really kind of pare down to very specific things that happen within a game, not just a straightforward who's going to win, who's going to lose kind of thing. It's it's so much fun. It's just so much fun.
1: And um, if you're not uh, aware of of uh, what's legal, what's not legal in you, in your state, in your province, uh, then go to the DraftKings site, download mm-hmm. the DraftKings app, and uh, they'll tell you. Uh, as you said, um, dozen fourteen and all and growing uh, states in the U.S. and Canada. Just in the last week, it's gotten very very interesting. Uh, that on April 22nd, uh, the House of Commons passed a uh, Bill C-218. And you don't need to know <laughs> the, the details of that other than it's going to uh, open up legalized single-event betting in Canada that's gone on to the Senate that uh, should get royal assent soon. And uh, thanks to uh, MP Kevin Waugh, wow, a private member's bill who, who brought it in, and uh, it's going to revolutionize and, and provide a regulated marketplace in Canada for uh, sports betting, uh, betting on single events. And uh, so that's coming soon. So as I said, get involved. Uh, uh, Get a group together with mm-hmm. with your friends. We're we're putting together. Uh, I think Brian, our our uh, fantasy sports commissioner, is putting together a rocket sports group uh, on for, DraftKings. On you DraftKings, can do private
2: yeah. customized customizable uh, daily fantasy leagues on DraftKings. So that'll be fun.
1: Yeah, and we're all going to get involved. So you should be involved too. That's uh, daily fantasy sports. That sports book from DraftKings. And uh, Amy, thanks for uh, spending a bit of time and and we'll come back and and let the folks know how it goes.
2: Absolutely. I'll just be over here placing some bets.
1: Well, that was a great conversation. I was pleased to talk with uh, Amy about DraftKings, about uh, daily fantasy sports, about uh, single game betting, the, the sports book. The whole industry um, is opening up. It's opening up uh, by the NHL and their involvement and in trying to get uh, 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 hockey viewers uh, uh, different ways to enhance their viewing uh, uh, experience. Uh, and it's it's being opened up by, by governments on both sides of the Canada-U.S. border. Uh, so it's something that we wanted to report on. Uh, and, uh, and tell you that, that uh, you don't have to wait. You can get in now. Certainly, almost everywhere with Daily Fantasy Sports and DraftKings. Don't forget to use the promo code THPN uh, And in some places, and very soon in Canada uh, Sportsbook as well. So uh, get in now uh, so that, uh, that you get familiar, get good, you get experience. It doesn't cost a lot, uh, as we said, and, uh, and certainly DraftKings is the place to go.
0: Absolutely. And Rick, we should say as well, uh, all Habs, the Hockey Podcast Network, and DraftKings, there was a jersey contest. And we talked about that last week, teeing up what was to come. Uh, And we gave away a uh, Habs jersey this week.
1: We did give away a Habs jersey. uh, And that was the first goal contest sponsored by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings. And we're uh, really grateful to them for their uh, uh, support and their sponsorship um, and it was uh, at Na- Nana Roo on uh, on Twitter um, Nancy is in uh, Surrey BC and she's uh, a very passionate Habs fan and is uh, the proud new owner of uh, a Habs jersey she should be getting that very very soon
0: yeah so absolutely it was it's fantastic to see and uh, yeah great great stuff Um and Rick, uh, is there anything else we'd like to do? Do we have any texts or emails that we would we, like to we get have,
1: to? We have tons of, of texts and emails, <laughs> but we're going to save those until next week. because uh, yeah. uh, So we don't, don't run too long here. But we just <laughs> want to make sure that uh, you're subscribed to the Canadians Connection, uh, that uh, that you like, comment, uh, that you post to your social media, uh, because we don't want you to, to to miss any content, particularly as we're moving into the playoffs.
0: Absolutely, that is 100. percent You don't want to lose, uh, don't want to miss out on any episode uh, going forward because yeah, they're they're going to be getting very interesting. They've always been interesting, but they're going to get even more interesting as we head towards the playoffs and even towards the offseason as well. Uh, so Rick, we should say the Montreal Canadiens. Obviously, they're playing tonight against uh, those same Toronto Maple Leafs, and they uh, will close out their season with a couple games against the Edmonton Oilers. So uh, we will see how all those games shake out. We'll be back next week discussing all things Montreal Canadiens. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.